Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Now's the time to grab your Bible, whether you uh, get that in book form or app form, electronic form. Go ahead and take those, open up to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. We're going to just read a few verses there, verses 5 through 7, but let me get us set up and get ready. Go ahead and get, get, make your way there, but let's go ahead and set things up as we move into this time together. All this, this series, we have been talking about above and beyond. That God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we could ask or imagine. And we have been leaning into Lent as a season of growth. And, uh, and by growth, we have meant that there are six ways that God really brings about growth beyond what we could ask or imagine as we lean into them, talk into them, and allow Him to lead us and strengthen us through them. So growth stands for, if you haven't been here all these weeks, generosity. We talked about a generosity journey that we are on over these next 18 months. We are challenging us together. We are challenging that in the next 18 months we would raise $100,000 in order to have a building that's ready for ministry and for some mission projects that are coming up hopefully in the next year or so. And so many of you have responded, many of you have pledged, many of you have given. I want you to know that we have in pledges already over $80,000 pledged and we have about 8000 that's already come in. So that's good news. Isn't that something to celebrate? But it also means that we have some more to go. But over the next 18 months, I believe that God is going to bless us and help us. As he provides, we will participate. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we had generosity. Then we had response, responding to needs. Outreach, that it isn't a a good news just for us, but we're supposed to reach out into our community in order to share the good news. And last week, we looked at worship. This week we'll look at training, and next week we'll close our series with hospitality. And so I'm excited about this series, and I hope that you'll plan to be here uh, next week as we wrap everything up together. But we've had a verse that's kind of our theme verse. I've encouraged many of you to memorize it. We've said it out loud together every week, and so let's, let's continue our little tradition. Are you ready? One, two, three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's good, isn't it? I hope you'll continue to commit that to memory, put it on a little three-by-five card, put it on your dashboard somewhere where you can get that wonderful blessing into your mind and into your day. But this week, we're going to lean into training and teaching. And just like every week, we've kind of been saying, why is this one included? 
for generosity, response, outreach, worship. Why is teaching and training included as something that the church continually participates in in order to see growth? Why do we do this? And just like most weeks, it's because the Father has been doing this. God has been about teaching and training from the very beginning. If you want to go and read Genesis 1, 28 through 31, God did not just create human beings in His image, put them on the earth and say, Good luck. See you later. Hope you figure it out. No. He was very specific He gave them instructions, be fruitful, multiply in the earth, help cultivate it so that more life comes about with animals, with plants, with food. He gave them very, very specific teaching and training. And the Bible says he walked with the man and the woman in the cool of the evening. My hunch is it wasn't just a one-time training. But it was ongoing as to how they could learn to do all of the training, how they could live out that teaching and that training that he had given them after they took their first few breaths. God, the Father, has been a teacher and a trainer from the beginning. And there should be no surprise then that Jesus continued this teaching and training like the Father did. When he came, he gathered some disciples. He told them, follow me. Now that's different than just listen to me. It meant that it wasn't just the words that come out of his mouth that were going to be what taught them or trained them. It was going to be a life lived together. And so, like the the chosen movie or series shows us, they walked around together. They lived life together. Because teaching and training isn't all about a teacher speaking to a student. It's also about a student seeing their teacher in action. We might really honestly use the word apprentice to disciple. Someone who learns by watching and doing and participating. Now we'll get into this a little bit more, but I want to say, I want to talk with you. He said, follow me. Jesus did not say, Just learn my name so that you can say it at the pearly gates and they'll let you in. It's about following. There is action involved in following after Jesus. So we'll we'll get into that a little more once we get into our teaching for today. But it should be then no surprise that if the church is the body of Jesus Christ, that then the church would continue training. And after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given and poured out on all kinds of people, that when they gathered, they continued to teach and to train. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves. This is the, the very beginning of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and and to the prayers. The apostles' teachings were what they learned from following Jesus. It was, the yes, the teachings that they learned, like the Sermon on the Mount, but it was also the things that they saw Him do. They 
taught and trained all of this. Fellowship is where they did the learning because if I don't know something or know how to do something and you do, I need to find somebody who does. So it's always something that's done together. And then breaking bread and the prayers were the training practices that that early church just continued to teach and train. So because the Father has always been teaching and training, because Jesus called us to follow Him, and because the church has always been about teaching and training, we will continue at Cross Community Church to be a church that is trained up and training up. We will continue to be a church that is taught and a church that is teaching. It's important. It's an important part of growing as a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? I want you to hear this. Because there are things we must continually unlearn that we have been taught by the world. And if we are going to follow after Jesus, a lot of what Jesus had to do was help his disciples through training and through words, teaching, help them unlearn what they had been raised in, so that they could begin to have the eyes, the ears, the hearts, the hands, the feet, and eventually the mouth of the kingdom that he, Jesus, was bringing into the world. And these teachings will take us a lifetime to experience. You can't just get a diploma and slap it up on the wall and say, hey, I learned, I learned the Jesus thing, I'm good. No, this is, this is a lifetime thing. Your, your pastor, yes, it's my occupation, but it is still my call to be a follower of Jesus. Both in what I learn, what I teach, what I am taught, and by what I do. The actions that I participate in. It's important. And Jesus' teachings are dynamic. They are not static. You, I mean, I know you've had this experience. How many of you have read at least one of the Gospels more than one time? Raise your hand. Okay. Yeah, you've done this. How many of you read it one time and you got one thing and then maybe a couple years later and some maturity was, was happening in your life and you came back and you read it again and you got something entirely different? Yes. That's what I mean. It's dynamic. It's not static. It's not just something you memorize, although it's good to memorize a teaching of Jesus. It's something that will interact with you no matter how old you get. There is still more to learn and receive and experience in Jesus' teaching. Are you with me? All right. Then let's now finally get to Jesus' teaching to his disciples near the end of his ministry where he has trained them and taught them and they have seen his miracles and seen all of the things that he has done. And so if you have your Bibles, let's open them to John chapter 14 and we're going to begin verses 5 through 7. And because this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, would all of you who are able stand in honor and reverence to the reading of the gospel. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Children think differently. I don't know if you know this. They think slightly differently. And it's often super cute. Sometimes you just think, oh, I'm sorry that you carried around that anxiety for so long. But at a childlike level, they try to put things together. And in their childlike level, they come up with some pretty funny things. I want you to just see a couple of them because I I just think it's, it's pretty funny. Like here's one. This is a child who said, I believe that all teachers lived at school. I thought they slept in the classrooms and never went to the bathroom ever. If you're a teacher, you know this is true. You're a teacher and you run into your kid at the at Meyer and they just look at you like, what are you doing out of the school? I get that here with the kids in chapel and I run into them at Meyer or a restaurant. Don't know who you are because you're not in the right place. You're supposed to be in the church, not out here where other people are. How about this one? I believe that lightning came from a flash of a huge camera in the sky. So every time I saw lightning, I would smile really big. (laughs) Cheese. (laughs) I love that one. I just think that I would love to see this kid during a thunderstorm. It would be hilarious. How about this one? I believe that school buses ate little kids that got on them every morning. I always saw them get picked up, but I was never there when they got dropped off. (laughs) Talk about anxiety. My goodness. How about this one? I believe that the nuclear plant near where we grew up was a cloud machine. It had constant billows of smoke above it, and that's what my mom told me. I thought it was awesome. It's a good reframe. No, it's not a nuclear power plant. It's a cloud machine. It's beautiful. And this one. I believe that I was a robot after noticing the sparks of static electricity from my PJs one night. I thought I was shorting out, and I didn't tell anyone for fear of being thought of as a human imposter. Wow. Poor kid. Man. Talk about anxiety. (laughs) Well, I have to be honest. When I was a child, and probably when I was a teenager, and maybe even a little older, I want to talk about how I understood the passage that we've just read. I think I can sum it up in a picture. It's this. But Jesus was like this guy. In front of the Father, with his arms crossed, he probably had an Italian accent. You want to get to the Father? That's really bad, isn't it? (laughs) You got to go through me. I mean, that's, in in a very childlike way, that's what it seems like when he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And it felt like a good way of determining who's in and who's out. Until I began to understand and I grew older and the teaching changed. This doesn't mean that we don't have to say yes to Jesus in order to move through to the Father. That that is part of the teaching. But I want to say it's a very small part. It's the entry part of the teaching. 
Because this teaching is dynamic, not static. And it means something a little different if we were to go at it as adults and hear what was behind what Jesus was saying at this moment. And so I want us to, to lean into this teaching. Jesus isn't saying, Jesus, this is not about Jesus being in my way. It's about Jesus being the way. This is not about Jesus being in my way or your way. It's about Jesus being the way. And way, the Greek word for way, is the word hodas. You want to say that together with me, don't you? It's a fun word to say. Hodas. Ready? One, two, three. Hodas. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Hodas. One last time. One, two, three. Hodas. And hodas means literally path. Jesus is saying, I am the path. I am the path. Now, a path isn't meant for standing in, although you might rest for a second in a path. But a path is meant, its purpose is to move toward something. And Jesus is saying, I am the path that is moving you toward the Father. So when Jesus says, I am the way, are you ready for this? It means that Jesus' towel and basin way of life is the way. It means that Jesus' going out to outcasts and sinners' way is the way. It is the path. It means that Jesus' forgiving His killer's way is the way. It means that it is the way to the Father. Because it shows us what the Father looks like. All of these ways that Jesus lived are the ways the Father's love is towards us. And this way is for you. And it is for me. Together. When Jesus says, I am the truth, Jesus was not talking about little faith factoids in order for you to pass a final exam. Now, is it good to memorize Jesus' teachings? Everybody say, yes. It is. But the teachings aren't meant to be little faith factoids so that you can win an argument with someone who doesn't believe. In order to pass a final exam, Truth, again, is dynamic. You will experience it one way at this time in your life. You will experience it another way. The truth does not change, but how you experience it and live that out may, in fact, change. It must be interacted with with differently at different ages and different maturity levels. Let me give you an example. I want to give you a great truth. I love my son. And I have loved my son since before he was born. When I would sit around and I would talk into Lori's belly. So that he could get to know my voice. And I would say, I love you. And I would read stories to him. Because I wanted him to love stories like I love stories. And then when I held him in my arms, that love was still true. But it was a little different when he could move around. And when it required feeding and burping and diaper changing and all of those things, love was expressed differently. And then when he was a little bit older, we could wrestle. And I used to do this thing where I would lay on my back with my knees in the air and he would hang on to my knees here and I could flip him up over my head, catch him midair and set him on his feet. 
He would want to do that over and over and over again. He's now six feet tall. I can't do that. And I learned that sometimes when I loved him, that meant I had to correct him. And that might look like saying no. Sometimes very firmly, no. Sometimes go stand in the corner, no. But it was all because of the truth that I loved him. And I was interacting with that truth in different ways as he grew, as I grew as a father, as I matured as a dad. All of that happened. This is when Jesus says, I am the truth. He's not talking about you just need to memorize these little facts about me. He's saying, no, you need to interact with me and this is going to take a lifetime and you're going to experience me differently when you're at this age and and again you'll experience something new at this age and for your entire life we will be interacting together. I am the truth. And so that means... When Jesus says, I am the truth, that we must interact with His teachings over a lifetime. We must interact with some of these teachings. Are you ready for this? Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Oh man, has that one changed and morphed in the way I experienced it at different points in my life. How about you? What about this one? Put away your sword, your weapon, for those who use the sword will die with the sword. How do we interact with that? It means one thing at this age and another at this experience and another at this experience when all I want to do is use the weapon, the sword of my mouth to take that person out who just offended me. What does it mean to interact with that truth? What about love your enemies? Pray for those who persecute you. I'm a peacekeeper. I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with. This one meant one thing when that's going on. Most of my life I get along with almost everybody. But when someone leaves the church because they're angry and spew all kinds of untrue things about you and you hear it coming back around, oh, that one's a lot harder to interact with. To pray and to love is tough. But He is the way. He is the truth. And this is the truth that Jesus is. This is why it takes teaching and training over a lifetime. When Jesus says, I am the life, what he means is that the life you see me living, disciples, is the life that I am calling you all to live. And that life looks like and leads to my Father. Let me say that again because that's a, that's a lot of... That's a lot of in that sentence. You may want to snap a picture or write it down. Jesus is saying, when He says, I am the life, He's saying, the life you see me living is the life that I am calling you all to live. And that life looks like and leads to my Father. Now that's tough to hear. Because that means that Jesus' self-emptying life that we read about in Philippians 2 is the life. That means that Jesus' obedience unto death, even death on a cross, is the life that we are called to. That's why he says to his disciples, remember, you, me, followers, apprentices, 
If anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That's a little different than memorize facts about me, right? Jesus calls us. Now I want to pause here for just a second. Because some of you are going to hear, some, may be hearing something a little different than what I'm actually trying to communicate. I've learned this over my life of being a pastor and a therapist and a husband and a father and a son in many ways. I want you to hear me. This is not about earning salvation. You will never earn forgiveness. You will never earn mercy. We don't earn salvation. That has all been completed in the work of Jesus Christ. You cannot walk the way that Jesus is talking about or interact with the truth that Jesus is or live the life that Jesus calls you to live without the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Did you hear me say that? I thought I'd I'd hear an amen or two. Like, this is true. Like, you, you can't live this way, in this way that Jesus lived. You can't interact with this truth or live this life without the Holy Spirit's work in you. That's important for us to remember. And, I want you to hear this, that it is a gift that God is willing to give to anyone who asks. Go like this. Just uh, take your pulse for just a second. How many of you have one? That's anyone. If you have one, God is willing to give you the Holy Spirit so that you, yes you, even you, no matter who you think you are, He wants to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can interact and walk in the way of Jesus, interact over a lifetime in the truth that Jesus is, and to live His life in your world. God wants that for you. God sent Jesus so that you and I could have that. So that the Holy Spirit could empower us to live. But, that does not take away the necessity to be taught and trained in the way, in the truth, and in the life over your lifetime. It is a both and, not an either or. Can you hear me say that? I love the way Dallas Willard talks about it. He says, grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. Earning is an attitude. I deserved it. I did the work. I got it. Effort is an action. Jesus has called me to this. Jesus has provided everything I need. I want to lean in and I want to walk down this way that he is all my life. I want to interact with his truth Every moment of my life, I want to live the life that Jesus died for me to live in. That's effort, but that is not earning. We believe this in the Church of the Nazarene. I want you to hear this. I know that, I know you didn't come today to, to hear the manual of the Church of the Nazarene read to you, but this is what we believe. That we believe that there is a marked distinction between a pure heart and a mature character. The former, the pure heart, is obtained in an instant. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit to anyone who would ask. 
But the and it's the result of entire sanctification. The latter, the mature character, is the result of a continual growth in grace. So what I am preaching to you is exactly what we believe. <laughs> I want you to hear that. I wanted you to see that. And then just to wrap it up from Pastor J. Josh Smith. That's hard to say. J. Josh. Our spiritual life is like any other area of our life. Growth demands effort. Christian character does not appear out of nowhere by chance. It is cultivated. That means there's some effort put into it. Of taking what the Holy Spirit gives us, as one of my professors used to say, and working it into the soil of our life so that it produces as much growth as as possible. That's what we're talking about. So the question is, are you ready to grow through training and teaching, my friends? It takes four things, and I'm going to do these really quickly because we're coming up to lunchtime and your stomachs are growling. Effective teaching and training, I believe, takes these four things. Are you ready? I believe effective teaching and training takes trust in the teacher. Not the person who's teaching your small group, not the person who's at the podium in the front or up on the platform or behind a pulpit or those kinds of things. I said the teacher, the one who gave the teaching, and that is who? Jesus. That's right. It's the one who gave the teaching. And so the question then becomes for you, for me, do you trust that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Are you interacting with that? Number two, effective teaching and training requires togetherness. We don't do this on our own. Can I sit and read my Bible all by myself? Well, sure you can. But even that's not alone because this Bible didn't just descend out of heaven. It was written to you and it was transcribed over thousands of years by very faithful people who wanted you to hear the good news. And the best thing that you can do is to read and study the Scripture and learn the prayers and interact in groups of people over your lifetime called the church. We're called to togetherness. The truth is, I need you all, and sorry to tell you, you all need me. And you can say that to anyone here. It's not just me up here. You can say it to your spouse. You can say it to your friend. You can say it to the person who's sitting next to you, whether you know them or not. I need you, and you need me. We're in this together. Number three, the third thing that effective teaching and training needs is time. I know that there are those things out there where it says, you know, read through the Bible in a year, or I've even seen in 90 days. That's a lot of Bible reading. And those are fine. That that will help you get into the flow and all those kinds of things. But the truth is, we're called to meditate on Scripture for a lifetime. We are called to follow Jesus for a lifetime. It's going to take time. It is going to take trial and error. Our faith is something we learn through action. And sometimes the action we learn through is by getting it wrong or doing it wrong. Nazarenes, can I get an amen on that one? Because sometimes we really want to avoid the mistakes. And yes, we should. 
That's, we hope. But sometimes you're never going to learn until you run into that wall. You're like, oh, I don't like that. I learned something new. So it's going to take time. And lastly, friends, effective teaching and training takes servant teachers and trainers. Jesus said, freely you have been given, or freely you have received. Freely, freely give. If you're further along down the road of faith, if you've been interacting with Jesus' teaching, if you've been walking in His way and living His life longer than someone else, then you, you may be called to pass that on and give that to someone else. And folks, I want to, I want to t- say this gently to you today. We need more people who lean into the fact that you, maybe God is calling you to teach and to train the next generation down. Not to say I did my time when my kids were little and I changed my diapers and I sat outside and helped them when they were teenagers, but no, now, today, we never finish being teachers and trainers for those who haven't walked the way as long as we have. And so we need your help. I need some of you to dust off your children's teaching credentials or your teenager hangout credentials and say yes to being involved again. Because it's important. There, You will never learn as much about your faith as when you're teaching it. That's just true. It's just true. And so I need some of you to listen to the Holy Spirit's tap on the shoulder to say, are you ready? You've been given to freely. I need you to freely give. All right? So how does Cross Community Church provide teaching and training? Small groups and serve groups. That's what part of what we do. So we, small groups, you learn something, you interact with truth with a bunch of people. Serve groups, you go out and you learn through the training of, of actual actions to help people and learn what we're called to do. And I love it as a pastor when I see small groups who turn into serve groups and, and they, they go back and forth between the two. In fact, we have one right now with Carla that's intentionally doing that. It's a small group that is a serve group. And that's amazing. And today is the day that you can sign up for our next season of small groups and serve groups. And I, I will encourage you, no matter what your small group looks like, where are the ways that you can serve and, and be a part on occasion of, of a serve group as well. So sign up today online or in person in the lobby. In just a second when I pray, the, the small group leaders will be out there. I know Chris is doing one on spiritual disciplines. That's like the action of learning the teachings and, and participating in the actions that will bring about growth. You may want to sign up for that one. We've got all kinds of things out there. Be a part of that. Sign up today. You can use your Connect card or your digital Connect card online. Just say you're interested in that or look on our website, see what classes are being offered, and you can begin to sign up. You can also email the office at info.c3naz at gmail.com. You probably want to take a picture of that slide really quick because we're moving on. It's important to be involved. But let me close by sharing the really, really, really good news with you. And that is that the one who is the way 
is also with us on the way. The one who is the truth is also the teacher of this truth. And the one who is the life gave his life for us to have this life. And it will lead us all the way home. If we'll just say yes. So today, will you say yes? To lean into everything that God wants to grow in you through teaching and through training. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for not just creating us and leaving us alone, but for teaching us. Thank you for sending your son to show us the way, the truth, and the life. Now help us to place our trust in you. And today, if there is someone online or someone here who has never placed their trust in you and entered onto the way, if there's someone here online who has never heard the truth that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son, that whoever would trust in Him would have eternal life, if there's no one, if there's someone online or someone here who has never experienced the life that comes through the freedom you bring, then I pray today that they will say yes to you. That they will ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, to forgive them, forgive their sins, and to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and help them to walk on the path that you walk with them on. To spend a lifetime engaging in the truth of who you are and who you call us to be. And that they would receive all of the life that you long to give. Every breath that you give to them. If that's you this morning, All you have to do is say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. So I repent, I'm turning around, and I want to go where you lead me. On the path, I want you to teach me your truth. I want to receive the life that only you can give. I give my life to you. Come in and fill me. And help me to tell someone what you've done in my life today. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me in in your heart, your mind, or you whispered it, would you do me a favor if you're online? Send an email to me. My email's on the on the website. I want to celebrate with you. I want to make sure that you have a way to enter into some teaching and training. If you were here today and that was your prayer, come and see me right after the service. I want to celebrate with you. I want to make sure that you can get connected with some teaching and training. This is important for all of us, myself included. But would you stand and receive this blessing as you go? And now, may you, my brothers and sisters... 
experience and trust and know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. May you receive power through the Holy Spirit to walk the path with Him, to experience over your lifetime all the truth He longs for you to know and understand and experience. And may you receive the life that only He can bring every moment that you're alive. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Go in His strength and in His name, on the way, in His truth, and in His life. God bless you. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.